0: The condition of the Jewish Christian community leading up to the line, let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. It's difficult for us to relate to difficulty in the church sometimes in 2019. I've seen this line, let us run with perseverance the race set before us, on the back of running shirts while I was running a half marathon in Richmond and Virginia Beach. And then when I was running the Marine Corps half marathon down in Fredericksburg a few years ago, there was an evangelist standing on the corner outside of this church that we had to run by, and he was holding a sign that had this line on it. Run the race with perseverance. He was holding this sign as kids from his youth group were handing out cups of water to all the runners as we uh, ran past their church at the halfway point in the race that was before us. This line let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. It signals that in some way, shape or form, the recipients of this ancient letter of the church, they were facing some kind of trial. There was something going on in the life of the church that had caused them to falter in their faith. The author of this letter, the letter to a Jewish group of Christians, knew that this group within the church needed encouragement. They had found themselves faltering. This group of followers of Jesus Christ had become discouraged in the face of mounting pressure from political and religious leaders of their day. These pressures were convincing them to abandon their faith in Jesus as the true Messiah and to return to the teachings of the synagogue. At the time that this letter was penned, there was not a clear dividing line between Jews and Christians who happened to be Jewish The details of our newly formed faith had not been finalized through church doctrine and church councils. And so these Jewish Christians found themselves meeting in the synagogues to pray for one another. And because of their faith in Christ, these Jewish Christians, once part of a mainstream religious group, now found themselves excluded from the mainstream and facing mounting pressure from the religious establishment to abandon their new faith. This is a time when the synagogue was the hub of both religious and political activity in the community. In a community where your religious identity decided whether or not you were in the in crowd, because going against the grain at this time not only created pressure for you to uh, abandon your faith, but if you chose not to abandon this new faith, you could become ostracized and excluded by people you once considered to be close family members and friends. The idea of being ostracized and excluded from the community, excluded from your family and your friends because of your faith in Jesus Christ, It's a concept that in 2019, especially in the West, we have difficulty understanding. I mean, let's be honest, when was the last time you were ostracized or you were persecuted or you were pressured to abandon the faith that you had in Jesus Christ? I mean, I cannot think of a single time in my life when that has been the case. But for the recipients of this letter— Pressure and persecution was part of their new normal, and because of this pressure and persecution, their faith was beginning to wane. To reassure the recipients of the letter, this author goes back in time to tell the stories of Israel's history, that the Hebrew church, these Jewish Christians, would have known well to recount the faithfulness of those who had gone before them, citing the heroes of the Hebrew Bible who did not have the easiest path set before them, and yet, by the grace of God, they persevered. These are stories that the recipients of the letter would have remembered hearing time and time again as the community reflect on, on what it would have meant to be occupied by an outside power throughout their history. Passing through the Red Sea as if it were dry land, Moses led the Israelites to freedom from their captors in Egypt. In Egypt, the Israelites were used as slave labor, and yet in the midst of the weariness of their bondage, the Lord had prepared a way for them. A military victory at Jericho, The first such victory as Israel moved into the land promised by the Lord. That victory served as a reminder that in the face of overwhelming odds, God would remain faithful to the promises made. Regardless of how we feel today about conquering other people, contextually, this story would have been a rallying point for the Jewish Christians especially with the addition of Rahab into the mix, as her faithfulness not only spared her family, but at the same time aided Israel in claiming what had been promised by the Lord. The author continued by citing the prophets of Israel, prophets that Israel had relied upon for faith, guidance, and justice. I mean, these were people who were called to speak truth to powerful leaders of the day. And at the same time, while speaking hard truths to power, remaining faithful to the one who had called them to their station. All of the stories cited by our author, you could take each one of these stories individually and use them as reminders of remaining perseverant while running the race that is set before the audience. Yet when put together and sided together with the addition of the martyrs during the Maccabean period, this section of the letter to a Jewish Christian community became a powerful rallying cry for those who had begun to doubt their faith. The recipients of this letter would have looked at chapters 11 and chapter 12, Looking to the witness, witnesses who had gone before them as proof of the reality of a life of full devotion to the Lord. These witnesses would have been the, the all stars of the faith, the ones that the Hebrew or the Jewish Christians aspired to be like. And yet, as the author reminds us, though they were commended for their faith, they did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. And that line in our letter is the shift. That is the shift for the ancient church and is the shift for us today. In the midst of hardship or wavering faith, it is easy for us to look at the saints of the past, the saints of the church universal for strength and guidance, We can look to stories in the Hebrew Bible, the heroes of Israel for strength. We can look to our own lives, to the saints who have raised us in the faith. Parents and friends, Sunday school teachers and nice old ladies at church who set the example for us and showed us what it meant to love someone with grace. They are the ones who raised us in the church And yet, apart from them, God promised, and God continues to promise us something even better. God has promised us not just something better, but someone better. Someone who was perfect in his faithfulness to the Lord, and someone who continues to be perfect in his faithfulness to the new creation ushered in by his resurrection. The shift from the hardships faced by the church... Back in the ancient church and us today, towards Christ refocuses the church's attention away from what ails us and gives us hope. Hope that in the midst of hardship, our Lord remained and will continue to remain faithful. During persecution, torture, and even death, Christ remained faithful. Whatever may come the way of the church... We know that the faithfulness we exhibit is grounded in the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Without relying on the faithfulness of Christ to the point of death, the church then and the church today has little to stand on. I mean, simply put, because God is faithful, because of God's faithfulness in Christ, we are assured that we may live more faithful lives. We do not have to live in fear of weariness or hardship. We don't have to live in fear of what ifs. We don't have to live as though we are trying to do this on our own. Each person listed by the author of this letter, each person listed from the Hebrew Bible, they weren't exactly picture-perfect people or events that I think God might use to prove a point. I mean, after all, before leading Israel to freedom through the Red Sea, Moses killed a guy. The Battle of Jericho, yes, gave a new home to Israel, but because of the Battle of Jericho, another group of people was displaced. God used Rahab, who is listed in the Hebrew Bible as a prostitute. David, the great king of Israel, had a man sent to the front lines of battle and killed so that David could then take this man's wife as his own. But then we read throughout the Psalms, many of which are attributed to David. We read of weariness and difficulty in keeping one's faith and yet how God continued to be faithful the psalmist. But throughout our imperfections, throughout our own weariness, throughout the weariness that the saints experienced and the saints continue to experience today, the endurance of Jesus in this journey, we all find find for ourselves endurance that is sufficient for our own weariness. Christ is the perfecter of our faith not our individual, I want to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but rather the faith that we cling to as a family, as a community, the faith of the saints today and the faith of the saints who have gone before us. Christ's faithfulness perfected the faith that we claim. And it is Christ's faithfulness and Christ's perfection that remains sufficient for us today when our faith wavers. Not only are we the beneficiaries of a great cloud of witnesses, of Lori and Mrs. Frank from Sunday school class, but we are the beneficiaries of God's faithfulness. Yes, through those saints of the past and also through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.